Welcome back to uh, the most depressing shit show in college football. Uh, I'm your host, Kev. As always, I'm here with Kiernan. Kiernan, how you doing, bud? Um, I'm doing well. It's it's more of a question of how you're doing. There it is. Does that answer your question? It does. Ooh. Wait, is that a cold snap? Looks like a cold yeah. snap. Damn it fucking is. right, it's a cold snap. We're not going to talk about anything else here. We're just jumping right into the news of the day. Uh, the news that has shaken me to my core and made me question things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got yelled at because on my drive home, I said that the divider on the highway seemed like a great way to get home because <laughs> not a text with the news. <laughs> Here's how my drive home went. I got a text with the news from my sister, but she sent a screenshot and didn't say what it was about. So Siri reading it just said, Amanda, sent a screenshot. What the fuck? And then my dad said, is this real? And then Jared from the corner booth, go check out the corner booth, by the way, uh, texted me, hey, heard Saban retired. Are you okay? And I was like, well, that's how I fucking found out about it. So, no. It's it's like being broken up over text or founding out someone has died. It's the same reaction Ke- Kevin gets. It's like, this is quite possibly the worst news I could have gotten right now. Yeah, no, it was terrible, but I maintained my composure. I glad you made it safe. Got home safe. I didn't cry yet. Oh, it's coming. It's oh, probably no. It's I'm a probably gonna, cry. Yeah, I'm gonna like be getting ready to go to bed, and then I'm not gonna be able to cry, or I'm not gonna be able to sleep because I'm gonna be crying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can't take tomorrow off because everyone would know why, and then they just mock me. Like yeah. really, Kevin, your coach retired, so you took a day off. Uh, but. We'll talk about Nick Saban for a bit. Uh, man from humble beginnings of a DB from West Virginia. Goes to Kent State. Goes on to become the greatest college football coach of all time. 292 wins. Seven national championships. Six at Alabama. One at LSU. He had 11 SEC titles. Yep, 11 SEC titles. One MAC title. 12 SEC West titles. Two-time Bear Bryant Coach of the Year Award. Two-time Walter Camp Coach of the Year. Uh, George Munger Award, not sure. Bobby Dodd Coach of the Year. Two-time AP College Football Coach of the Year. Two-time Eddie Robinson Coach of the Year. Home Depot Coach of the Year. Sporting News, Liberty Mutual Coach of the Year. Three-time Bobby Bowden Coach of the Year. Five-time SEC Coach of the Year. 292 wins. Uh, I'm not surprised he didn't really care about getting 300. He already has the most natties. And he's still literally half of the record, which is John Gagliardi, who just dominated for decades in D3. And then the next up is Joe Pa at 409 for D1. Eddie Robinson at three. Nick Saban's down at 15. Um, This fucking sucks. This is terrible. And Karen, I'm not trying to dominate this. Like, I'm going to let you get your thoughts in. No, no, no. Go on. I, this but, is event sesh. This is what this is. Like, and I, and I don't want to hear Michigan fans talk about how Harbaugh ended Nick Saban. Dude's fucking 72. Like, just age maybe ended him. Probably wanted to spend time with his wife ended him. And that's not a knock on Miss Terry, by the way. I'm not blaming her for this. Uh, it's... It's brutal. Uh, plenty of programs. This has been a killer for them. Their legendary coach goes, and they just can't keep up. I mean, USC still hasn't really recovered from Pete Carroll leaving. Stanford hasn't recovered super well from Harbaugh leaving. Bobby Bowden at Florida State, they were down bad for a while until Jimbo came along. Uh, Penn State had some other issues going on with Joe Paterno leaving. But uh, still, Penn State and Joe Paterno leaving. Uh, I, this is a concern. I think... And it's hard to fill. That's the thing. If Nick Saban won, you know, two, three titles, still great, still hard to fill, but you have the greatest coach in college football history. Yeah. And expectations are so fucking high at Alabama. There aren't a lot of coaches who are going to want this job in the first place. Mm -hmm. I assume in 2007 when they hired Saban, that was probably an easier job to fill because we just got through Shula and Francione, and 
Price, who was fired after hiring strippers with his university credit card, which I'm going to bring up every fucking time we're talking about Alabama coaching history because it's hilarious. They're not immediately falling up Bear Bryant, and they're removed from even one national title, and Gene Stallings in 1992 fell in hard times due to recruiting violations. And then you get Nick Saban. We're not at that point. Yeah, we're three years removed from a national championship. We were just in the college football playoffs. And like I said, he's the fucking goat of coaching in college football. Mm -hmm. Potentially the co uh, football as a whole, but there's some debate about you know success at the next level. I frankly think we remember him a lot worse as an NFL coach than he actually was. Uh, he wasn't a GM. Those Dolphins teams were not great. Right after he left, they were even worse. Uh, the medical staff fucked him over by not hiring or not signing Drew Brees, not signing off on that. So I mean, worked out for all involved, except the Dolphins in the long run. But no, this is fucking brutal. This is not how I wanted to spend my Wednesday. Uh, this is, I am shaking to my core. Uh, I, I didn't want to record today. I don't blame you, to be honest. I, I just wanted to get home, eat dinner, and lie in bed. Mm -hmm. a, a, com a completely understandable reaction. Like it, uh, Maybe the sound of silence just on repeat. That's what yeah. I was doing before <laughs> we started recording. Uh, I would make that would have made that the intro, but we can't because it's either copyright. that or in, in the arms of the angel. That's true. That's true. Uh, I, I think the intro is good. Karen, uh, you don't know this yet. The intro is going to be Amazing Grace. Oh, that's perfect. And it's going to be playing like while I start talking too. Yeah, no, no, no. Amazing Grace, but bagpipes. It, it's, yeah. Oh, it, yeah. It makes yeah. a difference. Yes. No, 100%. Okay, good, good. No, I already have it downloaded. Don't yeah, you worry, okay. though. We're ready. Uh, <laughs> One step ahead of me. <laughs> yeah. So, so this is brutal. Kieran, what are your thoughts on Saban's retiring? My, my thoughts are honestly just sadness. And it's not because, uh, you know, like he was a particularly favorite coach of mine or anything like that. You know, it was more the fact that it's just, he was so good for so long. And, you know, he, every, every Alabama team he ever coached, as far as I'm concerned, was, had the potential to win the championship every year. And it was that high work rate, no holds barred type attitude that he had that uh, I don't think we're going to see ever again. I mean, you know, maybe in a few uh, sparsely populated areas of the Midwest or something like that with a couple older coaches still hanging on, but like, he's just, he's a Goliath that stood above the rest type situation. And it's, it's honestly sad. It's 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 a depressing moment for college football. I think even for the most casual of fans who didn't like Alabama because they just kept winning is going to be upset by this because they 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 recognize and respect how good he was uh, for so long. And I just it, you know it's it is the worst possible news to get on a Wednesday uh, for college football fans as a whole because you know. The, the, the guy that made Alabama, well, I could say the guy that made Alabama that, you know, you can have a debate between Bear Bryant and him, but the guy who made Alabama in modern times is now no more. And like, where do you go? Like, what do you do in this situation? There is nobody, nobody that can replace him ever. You have to have a guy coming up from like D3 and just praying he does a good job. That's all. I feel like part of the temptation, and I don't want this to happen, uh, and I don't think Greg will do this. I think he knows he has goodwill built up with the fan base that will go away immediately if he does this. Just just punt. Punt on this hire. Get, get like you said, a D3 guy. Don't worry. They'll lose for a couple of years, and then there will be another coach who will come in and be like, I can be Alabama's savior. I want to do this. Right. I think I think that's... I don't want that to happen. I no, want the team. No, no. I want the team to remain competitive. Uh, this isn't the NFL. I don't want us to tank for draft picks. Mm -hmm. uh, also, five-star wide receiver Ryan Williams decommitted after Saban retired. Not surprising. No, I assume a lot of guys will be the transfer portal. Uh, the transfer portal opens up for thirty days for Alabama because of Saban's retirement. Mm 
which I'm fine with. Uh, it's going to suck, mm-hmm. but I get it. I'm okay with that being a rule. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's the end of an era of an era. It sucks. Uh, a lot of people are probably jumping for joy. Uh, Auburn is legitimately rolling tumors right now, mm-hmm. which is the most little brother shit I've ever seen. <laughs> like that is pathetic that you're this excited. And I know he dominated the sport for almost 20 years, but they're talking about like, oh, he was only five and seven at Jordan Hare. So why are you rolling tumors then? If he's, if you don't think he's that good, why? Like, yeah. Are you trying to cope with the fact your program sucked for the last 10 years? It's ridiculous. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's the, it's the perpetual villain in their minds. That's finally, finally gone. You know, like there's no, there's no like Saban unretiring at 74 after a year off. Right. That's, that seems like an unrealistic expectation to have. Right. He's, it's one of those things where if Auburn beat them one year, like they did with the, uh, in the iron bowl a few years ago, like those expectations, that is, that was their one little victory in a series of defeats. So their perpetual boogeyman is now gone. So I get why Auburn fans are particularly happy. I can understand why the rest of the SEC is particularly happy because finally they can go into Bryant Denny Stadium next year and despite whomever they hire can legitimately say we might have a chance to win this. So, that's, you know. That's fair. Also, I'm talking shit about Auburn. Alabama fans are also being kind of weird. Like, the people are surrounding his statue on campus. And before anyone's like, wow, he has a statue already. Yeah, he every national championship winning coach gets a statue on Alabama's campus. But uh, they're like putting oatmeal cream pies, Cokes, and flowers at his statue. Like, guys, he's not fucking dead. Yeah. <laughs> he retired. Yeah. <laughs> they, it, I think that's a little weird acting like he's dead. Like, if he had died, I'd be like, God forbid. I'm not saying I want that to happen. Knock yeah. on wood. Uh, I'd be like, okay, you know what? That that makes sense. Mm-hmm. He retired. I understand you're sad, but and we're all kind of in mourning, but we don't actually have to be in mourning. Right, right. It's it's a it's a joking mourning more yeah. more than anything else. Yeah, yeah. Although I did consider wearing all black to work tomorrow. <laughs> you please do. That would make... I thought about it. Oh, I don't please. have a black like polo though. That's the oh, issue. Jeez. Uh, I don't know. I'll figure. Out. I'll figure something out. I have black t-shirts with the company logo on it. Perfect. I have black boots too. You've got it all. You're you're, you're good to go. Uh, that's true. Uh, but anything else you want to say about Saban, or you want to get into his potential replacements that people are talking about? Uh, that there's nothing I can say about Saban that you haven't already stated. So might as well. Let's start talking replacements because, I mean, that's the conversation that needs to be had. That's true. So ESPN put out a list of potential replacements. So we're just going to talk about those and maybe bring up anyone else we think. Uh, Lane Kiffin. Hmm. Uh, He was here and revitalized his career by coming here as an offense coordinator. Uh, Really has Ole Miss probably at one of their best points since 1960 when they won a national championship. Uh, finished number nine this year. Uh, but he's also said he wouldn't want this job. He would not want to follow up Saban. Nobody should want to do that. Mm-hmm. And with the rumors circulating about him at Rounders, while not even rumors, basically just stated fact, uh, about him picking up under eight, not underage, but like under 21 girls at Rounders, not great. Uh, I don't think many people would care. And I also think it would be a very lame move to go, no, nobody would want this job. Why would anyone take this job? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, I'm going to take this job. So I'd give it like a B. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Any other thoughts on the lane train? Uh, Yeah, so only for Lane Kiffin is that, like, you know, he's he's coming off of a season high, you know, beat Penn State in the bowl game. Uh, He's he's had a great – record at Ole Miss, you know, 10 and to finish 11 and two with the bowl game, I think if that's correct, but like, you know, he, he's, he's got the program that 
he wanted well not he wanted but you know he's, he's got a great program there's no real reason to jump ship because no matter what you do uh you won't be able to replace him like you said like the like i feel like a lot of these coaches that are going to be like potential save and replacements are just his assistant coaches from years gone by so like uh, that's some of them uh some of them are also like actual coaches that have nothing to do with alabama or no i, I understand that but i feel like i feel like those are the first names that are going to get tossed into the hat and just going well you know he's been here he knows the system what can he do versus going out and getting someone completely random so uh, you know it, those are lane is a perfect example of that it's like yeah we'll talk to him but we don't think we're going to get him type situation. I don't know. That's fair. Uh, next up on ESPN's list, Dabo Sweeney. And I can comfortably say I will put a bullet in my brain. Mm-hmm. Like Clemson has fallen off. He refuses to hit the transfer portal. I do not want Dabo in Tuscaloosa. Uh, that was a big thing. Like 2016, when he first beat Alabama, it was like, well, when Saban retires, cause he's getting up there. Maybe Dabo, and then Dabo opened his mouth, and I was like, "Ah, never mind." Yeah, <laughs> I don't care that he was a walk-on receiver under Gene Stallings. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a perfect example of um, a D three hire would would garner more support than Dabo Sweeney. <laughs> like a D three hire, it's like, okay, yeah, I see where you're going with this. Dabo Sweeney, I think the university would be on fire the next day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd be that'd be terrible. Uh, like older fans want him, and everyone under the age of like forty just goes, "No, no, we're we're good." I'll bring back Shula, bring back Franchione. I don't want fucking Dabo. I do yeah. not care. I would rather the team be absolutely abysmal than okay under Dabo. Yeah, yeah. There's there, there there's nothing worse than mediocrity after that. Like, like you can, Oh, if we're mediocre under another coach, that's fine. I just don't want Dabo. That's my thing. I I just don't fucking want Dabo Sweeney. I get that it's a specifically Dabo Sweeney thing, but I think that would arguably be worse for Alabama. It's like the mediocre, like nine and well, not nine and three, because that's decent, but like eight and four or something like that at the end of the season would be arguably more insufferable than going, you know, four and the exact opposite four and eight under a a no name coach from D three. Like that's the type of attitude or anticipated uh, response that I expect from, from Alabama fans. It's like, we can either be phenomenal again or absolutely dog shit. But if we're decent enough, I, that makes it worse. That stings harder. Because he proves that the guys are good, they're just coached by imbeciles. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, that that would be terrible. Uh, Oregon coach Dan Lanning is up next. Uh, he was a graduate assistant here in 2015, and then also was at Georgia for 2018 to 2021 uh, when they were on that run of dominant defenses. So I I like I would like Lanning. Uh, Twenty million dollar buyout though is a bit much. Uh, I think Alabama would probably pay it if they thought he was 100% the guy. Mm-hmm. But if they're not positive, I don't see them paying $20 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, any thoughts on landing or are you just going to put him in? If And if you don't, just move on. Uh, just just move on. I mean, right. it's, it's fairly, fairly standard stuff. Okay. Also, Lanning's the youngest of this bunch. Uh, no one's really old. Like, Dabo's the oldest we've mentioned so far at 54. Lanning's 37, which is insane how good he is already as a coach. Uh, next up, Kalen DeBoer from Washington. Uh, you know, another hire I wouldn't necessarily hate. Uh, I think they'll. I think Washington's going to lock up DeBoer after what he did this year. Uh, yeah, I don't know much about DeBoer, to be honest with <laughs> you. Yeah, I mean, that's fair, but he's 104 in 12 as a college coach, three NAIA titles. Uh, so a guy who kind of rose up through the ranks, starting in NAIA and then kept going up. 
Uh, the problem is it's Washington and Alabama are very different. Sioux Falls and Alabama are very different. And I'd be concerned about recruiting in the South. Mm. So, uh, Norvell from Florida State. I Obviously, he can succeed in recruiting in the South. He has some Florida ties, so and that's a recruiting hotbed. So I wouldn't hate it. Uh, I don't know if he's going to leave, though. Uh, although, I don't see. So the thing is, Florida State got fucked because they're in the ACC and their quarterback mm-hmm. got hurt. Right. He, if FSU was like, we don't care, we're staying in the ACC. But the fact they're actively trying to get out, I think might get him to stay. I think he might go, you know what? That's fine. I will stay here. Even if we're gonna stay in the ACC, it's still the university is still supporting the football team. They're still working on trying to improve their situation. I will stay. Yeah, and it would be worse if like he he had jumped ship and then went to Alabama only for the only for the SEC to incorporate FSU and just like have to face them at the beginning of the season type thing. You know, it would be, it'd be a situation like Lincoln Riley type type deal. Like you're jumping ship, but the ship has come to you type, yeah. type situation. Yeah. Also, Norvell only is a $4 million buyout. We did not mention the buyouts. Uh, DeBoer is 12. Uh, Dabo's is something crazy because they put in a clause that like it's doubled if he goes to Alabama. Hmm. Uh, Lane Kiffins, I think, is like is around 12, too. I don't think I remember seeing that. Uh, next up, Sark, uh, former offense coordinator for Alabama, now at Texas, just brought them to the national or not the national championship, the cultural playoffs. I don't see this happening. No, because he is at one of the schools that will match Alabama in terms of resources. Yeah. Uh, Some of these other coaches, Washington, even Florida state, Oregon, Clemson's close, but not quite an old miss. They're not going to match Alabama in resources. Basically these coaches will get a blank check to go recruit and get guys at Alabama. Texas is the same way. He yep. will get he gets a blank check to do whatever the fuck he wants in the transfer portal, the recruiting trail. So I I don't see him coming to Alabama. No, there, there there'd be no reason. He he's got too good too good of a lineup in the coming years for him to think about jumping ship. Like as 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 bad as the loss in the semifinal was to Washington I mean, it wasn't that bad, but, you know, as bad as it, it felt, probably, he has the potential to make it to a CFP, if not win one. I mean, yeah. whether that's next year or three years from now, I don't know. But, like, I feel like that Texas team is is probably due for one. Yeah, I, I don't I still don't think Texas is back because they didn't make it to a national. I think they're. Right on the cusp uh, it's, of being it's back. Fucking close. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's close. Like, it's like they're one it's like first and goal from the two inch line for Texas to be back. So mm-hmm. I think, and I think he's going to get them to being back. Yeah. So I think it, it makes sense for him just to stay at Texas. He'll get the resources. He has the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get into ESPN's last one, some other names I've seen, I saw Dion. Uh, I love weird. Dion. I think he's electric. Uh, no, please. No. no. Yeah. For the love of God. He's, he's fine picking up the scraps of a program like Colorado or some down on he, their luck Vanderbilt. That would make sense. But like, yeah, I he's in that stretch, but like, that's, that's the type of coaching he's good at. He's entertaining, right? Uh, he's entertaining. In the sense I love having him as a D one coach. I love seeing his interviews. I love his teams. Please stay the fuck away from my program. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's the other name I saw, saw. I saw some Alabama fans joking about Kirby Smart coming back. Uh, oh God, would be hilarious. Not gonna happen, obviously. No, no. Uh, but and then the final one on ESPN's list. And this one, I'm. I don't know how to feel about it. James Franklin. Yes. I. Uh, uh, I'll let you talk about James Franklin to Alabama first. So. <laughs> I feel like James Franklin falls in the category of the mediocre thing I was talking about early, the mediocrity. It's not that he's not a good coach. Penn State has shown that they can win games. Uh, 
throughout the regular season, the occasional win against, but, but I should say, but the occasional win against the top two teams in the big 10 is not enough to warrant, uh, a Alabama going out and getting James Franklin because, because if you can't like we, James Franklin can't even beat the two most important teams consistently in the Big Ten. That will be exponentially worse in the SEC. Yes, Penn State did beat Auburn, uh, I think, twice. Once home and once away in recent years. That's fine. Auburn hasn't been the best. It is an SEC school. It is a good SEC school. It's a okay SEC school. But it completely changes when you are taking the reins off of Nick Saban. And f- frankly, <laughs> there's no shot. There's no shot he takes it, and there's no shot he does well. And he'll get eight wins. He'll get maybe nine wins. Uh, and especially, you know, he'll squeak into the 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 uh, expanded playoffs next year, maybe at 10 or 11 or 12 or something like that, but he'll lose almost immediately. Or I feel like he'll lose almost immediately. And that would, I think would be so much worse for Alabama fans than just not being in it at all. And so I, while I find it a great level of respect that, you know, people are throwing out James Franklin's name. I don't think it's going to happen. That's, there i the only thing i would say in his defense is and if he's hired alabama fans would riot yeah. don't get me wrong not quite as much as if they get dabo but if they get james Franklin, uh, nobody's going to be a fan of this move no however he did get vanderbilt to consecutive nine win seasons vanderbilt that is true that so is he's true. shown he can coach in the sec a little bit uh, I think, and on top of that, and don't get me wrong, the conference records were not great those years. 2012, when they went 9-4, and four, they were 5-3 and three in the SEC. Mm-hmm. In 2013, 9-4 and four again. 4-4, beat Houston that year in the Compass Bowl, and then he beat NC State, who was 7-5, and five, in the Music City Bowl the year prior. Uh, so, I don't want it. I'm not saying that. But also, I think there is something to be said for, because you brought up his record in big games. There's something to be said about going to those games as the guy that everyone knows is going to lose going in. Not because it's James Franklin, but because that is the, and I'm sorry for saying this, Karen. That's all right. I love you, buddy. That is the little brother in both rivalries. Yes, it is. Like, both rivalries Mm -hmm. view each other as the big rival, and then Mm -hmm. there's Penn State. Right. We think we're hot shit, but then we yeah. get we, we we go through a season basically antagonizing Michigan and Ohio State, and we get all hyped up and we get all you know too big for our boots sort of situation, and then we just tick them off just enough like a big brother, and they basically put us in our place pretty much every year, with a rare exception every now and again that we do win when it's, you know, at home, we've got the the lights, we've got prime time, we've got the whiteout, which, as you've said before on this podcast, isn't actually or hasn't shown to be that effective because, you know, we're, we're I think, just over 500. I think that was the last statistic. But, you know, regardless of that fact, you know, we are the little brother of that, of, of the Big Ten, uh, specifically the Big Ten East. But, like, you know, it, it's... It sucks, but until we beat, until we start beating them consistently, we are going to be the little brother forever. Yeah, so I think he's obviously going to be going from the little brother to the big brother, which also brings a bigger target on your back. Don't yeah. get me wrong, mm-hmm. uh, but I I don't know i I think landing's a pipe dream. 
I think Landing would be the most fun because you'd have the most amount of time to work with him. Because, you know, like you said, he's 37. He's the youngest guy. He's probably able to change his setup mentality, how he coaches very quickly, especially coming from the high-flying offenses of, of the Pac-12 RIP to the more steady, sturdy SEC type play. So I, I think you have the most amount to do with him there, but you also have the lowest expectations going in. So I think it's a actually, now that I think about it, it's probably the best of both worlds for Dan Lanning. It's that $20 million buyout and the fact he's been very vocal about liking it in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying that coaches haven't said that before and left, but he sort of said it unprompted. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like, a, oh, this big name job's open. Do you want it? Like, it was just kind of like, I love being in Oregon. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Uh, Ms. Terry, Nick Saban's wife, did make a statement on his retirement. It has been an incredible run these last 17 years at the University of Alabama, and we take with us many amazing memories. We hope that the Saban legacy will be about helping others and making a positive difference in people's lives, as well as the winning tradition on the field. Our Nick's Kids Foundation will continue to help children, student, and teacher causes in the state of Alabama. The rules for the game of football may change, but the process will never be out of style. Hard work, discipline, the relentless pursuit of a worthy goal, not cutting corners and doing things the right way for the sake of constant personal improvement, not for the scoreboard. Alabama will always feel like sweet home to our family and we'll be cheering roll tide. Uh, that's another thing that uh, Alabama fans are talking about. I don't think anyone else will talk about. Uh, Miss Terry was a big part of Alabama. Uh, was obviously that coach's wife kept him kind of, I don't want to say on the straight and narrow because I'm not saying Nick Saban would have done anything bad, but kind of was there for him, supported him, supported the team. Uh, brought back Dixieland Delight to Bryant Denny, which is a huge thing that a lot of students and fans loved. So Miss Terry's loss is also going to suck. Uh, it's been a big week for Alabama with the naked Bass Pro Shops guy, the Mountain Brook Urn boy, and same retiring. So <laughs> it's just it's, it is pandemonium in Alabama yeah, it, right now. It's it's insane. Uh, I'm. I keep like refreshing to see if a coach has been announced because I'm paranoid that we're going to release this and then the coach is going to be announced. So I, if, if that happens, that sucks. Yeah, that would be a really quick turnaround, though. I mean, that was only well, announced I, like two and a half hours ago, three and a half hours. Yeah, ago. and the coaches say they didn't know. I feel like the athletic I feel like Greg Byrne knew. Oh, he knew 100%. Because apparently there are already coaches coming to Tuscaloosa. Yeah, this is what I was. This, and and yeah. actually, I said this before. I said this before we started recording. I I said the feelers were sent out in October or November about coaches, but told to keep it on the DL. They were probably told they were going for an assistant coach or you know head uh, a, 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 an offensive coordinator or something like that. That's what they were told, and then they <laughs> they're getting to the the facility now, going, yeah, we need a new head coach, please. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let me see. see uh, let me see what you got. Uh, but yeah, so it's it's the end of an era. It sucks. I'm gonna be next season's gonna suck. It's gonna be so fucking weird. Uh, yeah. I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah. But I we knew this was coming eventually. He was 72. He was getting up there in age. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was actually watching also in the Belly Up podcast network, Craft Root Sports yesterday, and one of the guys on there, Caesar, was like, "Wait, Nick Saban's 72." <laughs> does he look good for his age? He was still oh, pretty does, shy, yeah. but also I fully understand him retiring. Like, oh it's yeah, been, yeah, it's been a minute. So it's enjoy your retirement, Coach Saban. We love everything you've. Well, I love everything you did for Alabama and the happiness you brought me, as do all the Alabama fans in the world. Uh, other fans probably feel differently. Karen probably feels very differently than I do. Yes, but. So, yeah, now back to your regularly scheduled programming. Ah, so we're back. We're back. We're back with the rest of the show. Uh, I barely had any topics this week because I knew this would happen. I knew this was what we would talk about for half an hour. But the national championship was Monday. Yes. Uh, As Karen pointed out before we started recording, Saban got the last laugh. Now everyone's talking about Nick Saban retiring and not Michigan winning the yeah. national championship. Uh, but Karen, what are your thoughts on the game? My thoughts on the game were of, of absolutely all of my emotions that went on during the game. Disappointment is the one that uh, stands out the most. 
not because there wasn't scoring or not because the game was a blowout or anything like that, but it was just missed off or it seemed like just missed opportunity after missed opportunity for Michael Penix and the offense. I, I, I felt like every pass play barring like one in 10 was a catch. Everything else was a drop. And I understand there are drops during the game. I understand there's miscommunications, bad route running, uh, a guy cut in when he was supposed to cut out. I totally understand that during big games, the guys are nervous, whatever. It felt like every fucking play was the same thing. It was a missed pass, a missed throw, a missed something. A A missed tackle on defense. I mean, Michigan's offensive line cut through the de- the Washington defense like a hot knife through butter. It was ridiculous. I felt like I'm like I'm watching I'm watching the varsity uh starters play the JV defensive scrubs. That's what I'm watching. And it, it was like it was weird. Like I I don't know. I just I was kind of shocked honestly. I feel like it was a very forgettable national championship. Yeah. Yeah. Too. Like, I feel like all the stories around about Michigan's cheating and all that. In 20 years, people are going to look back and go, so yeah, Georgia went back to back. And oh yeah, Michigan won yeah. the year after. Like, it, it's not going to be super memorable, which which mm-hmm. is weird because Michigan is a historically great program and they haven't mm-hmm. won since 1997. You would think that would be the dominating thing. But mm-hmm. no, it's all people are going to talk about is cheating. I didn't think the officiating was good. No, no, it wasn't uh, good. But well, it was good for Michigan. It, it was it it was good for Michigan because they got away with a lot of holds. Um, they got away with a lot of holds, but then every time Washington was getting going, there would be a hold call. It felt like, yeah, and it was on set. It was on seventy three. Like I don't know his name, but like I felt I saw his face more than I saw Penix. Yeah, because it was just a hold call after a hold call after a hold call. Every big play coming back for a hold. Like the forty-yard catch to uh, a, 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 do, a doze, I think. Yeah, yeah, a doze called back seventy-three penalty. Like it was constant. Yeah, it was. It was not great. Uh, I did love some of the cheating discourse around it because some of the insider sources were hilarious. Mm-hmm. Do you see any of these quotes? No. Uh, an Alabama official said. Look, everyone, and I mean everyone, is stealing signs. Michigan was not the only school doing this, which is fair. The rule is not against stealing signs. It's the way they did it. But, again, I'm not saying Michigan's the only school to do it. And then another industry source, Kansas basketball cheats more than anyone, and they don't do anything to Kansas. The only pure thing in college is athletics is Vanderbilt, and Vanderbilt sucks. (laughs) (laughs) The most unnecessary stray i have ever seen for vanderbilt jesus it's like it's like taking it's like having a conversation with a bunch of guys and then one of your buddies just comes up and wallops you in the face and you're just like what the fuck was that for yeah pretty much oh my god that's hilarious and then the article that that was in finished with that's where college athletics is in 2024. If you're not cheating, you're not trying or you're Vanderbilt. (laughs) Poor Vandy. Poor Vandy is right. Oh God. Oh, that. So fucking funny. Uh, Yeah. Catching strays when you're not supposed to. I mean, Jesus. I mean, it's, it's bad. It's it's bad, and but it's not wrong though. No, it isn't. But like, it's one of those things you know you don't have to say. Yeah, I still one of my favorite memories as a college football fan is the video of the Vanderbilt defensive lineman after they went three and zero to start the year, just playing a bunch of fucking scrubs. And then they're like, oh, we're going to show y'all how to play some real SEC ball. Alabama, you're next. And then immediately lost 59 to nothing. Yep. Yep. It might be one of my favorite highlight videos ever because that's what it started with. And then ended with that. But 
speaking of Vanderbilt, uh, Mr. Irrelevant, everyone knows and loves Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, the 252nd pick in the NFL draft. People, Some people who support that are looking for a bowl game called the Irrelevant Bowl. Now, some people think, oh, bowl games, you need to be at least seven wins or have not enough six or six wins, whatever it is, uh, or not have enough six-win teams to then go by academics or just picking. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is not true, according to these people. They want to start the Irrelevant Bowl, which will be the two worst teams in college football. Uh, this year would have been Vanderbilt and Akron. Uh, the NCAA has come out and said that there's no way in hell they're giving that bowl game a waiver. I need the Irrelevant Bowl. Yeah, 100%. Like, if in two or three years we have the Irrelevant Bowl and it started today is when that conversation happened, I would look back on January 10th, 2024 and go, you know what? Not a bad day. <laughs> to make up for all the all the shit that's going down. Yeah, to make up for Saban retiring, if we come out of this with an, the Irrelevant Bowl, I will not, I'm not saying today's a good day mm-hmm. because we're having this conversation. If it mm-hmm. becomes a thing a couple years from now, I'll be like, yes, mm-hmm. good day. Yeah. And, and I just, I just like to point something out about the irrelevant bull. Um, this article that I was reading on CBS, uh, you know, the, the article's titled NCAA says no chance on proposed relevant bull between college football's two worst teams that came out today. I would like to make a note that Kevin and I, just the week prior, had a bunch of really good ideas for bowl games next year. And I would like to think that they took inspiration from our podcast. Some One person listened, and that person was just high enough up to make an idea come alive on the weekend and show it to his superiors on Monday, saying... We have to make this a thing. That that's true. Who do you want to sponsor the irrelevant bowl? Oh, GoDaddy.com. <laughs> oh, that, I, I wouldn't hate that. I want, I want one of two things. Mm-hmm. I want a defunct company. Yep. Specifically, a company that ended in scandal. Ooh, like who? Like how bad of a scandal? Like, like uh, Enron. Oh yes. Yes, absolutely. I want the Enron Irrelevant Bowl. Yeah. I want someone with just enough money and who has very low mortals to be sponsoring this bowl game. Or the second choice in any market. Uh, Like the Pepsi Pepsi. Irrelevant Bowl. Okay. The New York Mets Irrelevant Bowl. Hmm. Something like that. Yeah, I see where you're going with that. Uh, I think that'd be great, but the first choice is a company that ended in scandal. Let's look up the worst corporate scandals. Let's just well, pick. you don't want the worst corporate scandals. You don't want like murderers and like people that killed other people. You want people that like had low morals, and while it did destroy some people's lives, it's not gonna. <laughs> it's not like they killed anybody. <laughs> That's fair. Also, (laughs) I'm looking at a list of corporate collapses and scandals. Do you want to know what the first one on this list is? What? The Medici Bank that became insolvent due to large debts due to spending, extravagant lifestyles, and failures control managers in 1494. What? You couldn't get more irrelevant than that. That's true. The Medici Bank irrelevant bull. Because Enron is still Enron is still relevant Enron, because it teaches because Enron. it teaches people yeah. about the 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 worst successes of that. But like fourteen, what was it? Fourteen fifty three, fourteen ninety four, fourteen ninety four. Sorry, I was I have random numbers in my head. Uh, fourteen ninety four. It's far enough back in the past where you can go fuck it. None of these people are alive, nor do we care. That's fair. Uh, also, why did I just learn Bernie Madoff was arrested in 2008? I figured he was arrested in the early 2000s. Well, it was only after the global financial collapse happened. 
Didn't that happen in like 09? No, oh, or didn't it? No, it finished in 09. Like it's it finished in 09, recovered. but it was that's 08. what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, trying to think of some other. I, I think Enron. I think that'd just be hilarious. Yeah. Or Theranos, the one that faked mm. uh, their medical stuff. I think that'd be funny. That's good. That's a good one. I forgot about that one. Perfectly irrelevant. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think the spots you could change every year. Just get some super yeah. crazy rich person to just pick a random company. Yeah. And just name their the bowl game after them. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, the Irrelevant Bowl needs an equally hilarious but also somehow irrelevant sponsor. And I think we'll be we'll be good. I will be happy. I will be content for the first time since 530 this evening. <laughs> There's always something. Uh, speaking of that, Alabama Athletic Director Greg Byrne did put out a statement. Uh, as with any coaching search, our goal is to be thorough but expedient. Our ideal candidate will be strong in recruiting and relationship building, player development, excel in X's and O's, and have the overall ability to lead this historic program. There will be plenty of rumors out there during this process. Next time I talk publicly, we'll be to announce our new coach. If you don't hear it from me, don't believe it. Roll Tide. Uh, all right, so you just want the perfect fucking coach is what yeah. I'm hearing. You want, you want Nick Saban 2.0. Yeah, you, you want Nick Saban with maybe the added benefit of being able to cure cancer. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's it. Also, former Alabama player Marquise Mays keeps tweeting about how he knows who the next coach is, but won't say who it is. Wow. All right. Yeah. Uh, oh, Nick Saban also put out an announce uh, statement. So we're going to talk about that, and then we're going to go into the two early top 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, the University of Alabama has been a very special place to Terry and me. We have enjoyed every minute of our 17 years being the head coach at Alabama, as well as becoming a part of the Tuscaloosa community. It is not just about how many games we won and lost, but it's about the legacy and how we went about it. We always try to do it the right way. The goal was always to help players create more value for their future, be the best player they could be, and be more successful in life because they were part of the program. Hopefully we have done that, and we will always consider Alabama our home. Uh, One thing about the statement, I do like how he says, we have enjoyed every minute of our 70 years being the head coach at Alabama. So Miss Terry was also the head coach of Alabama yeah. is what I'm getting at. Yes, that is a correct G- statement. I'm just glad she's getting the recognition for it. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but yeah, so. Yeah, I, I'm still that just made me more depressed. I'm so. Yeah, depressed. honestly, you shouldn't have I'm gone there. So fucking sad still. Uh, all right, uh, the way to 2024 way too early college football top 25 rankings from ESPN. Uh, this is the end of the 14 playoff, so keep that in mind. But we're gonna go top to bottom, we're just gonna go like every five or so. Predicted number one in 2024. I'm not saying this every time, if you get confused, this is. The top 25, wait, the way too early top 25 for 2024. Uh, this is not the final top 25 for 2023. Uh, first up, number one, Georgia Bulldogs. Number two, the Texas Longhorns. Number three, the Oregon Ducks. Number four, Alabama. And number five, Ohio State. This came out before Nick Saban retired, so just move Alabama down a little bit. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. Like, uh, Mark Schlovak is going to be kicking himself now. <laughs> Yeah, at least it has the date on it when it was published. Yeah, no, I no, I'm not saying it's his fault. I'm just simply saying, like, if he had waited another 48 hours, he would have had a, a much better update on this. Yeah, no, he's going to need to release a new one. Yeah, probably. Uh, but uh, it, outside, hold on, hold on, another um, thing under expected key losses, it needs to say Nick Saban. Yeah, that's true. But outside of that, <laughs> what are your thoughts? Uh, outside of that, uh, not surprised, to be honest. Um, you know, the Georgia Bulldogs are losing a couple of key starters, but I think they should have the depth to make up for it. Uh, Texas Longhorns certainly um, should look good. I mean, they look good this year. They were right on the cusp. They're expecting a few losses, but I think equal in 
uh, additions through both um, recruiting and the transfer portal. The Oregon Ducks is a little bit of a surprise to me, um, but with Dylan Gabriel going to them, I think they should be okay at least quarterback. Uh, and then Alabama Crimson Tide. I mean, there's it's literally way too early to tell, so I, I, I have no idea. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and then Ohio State also. Oh, yeah, Ohio State, yeah. Well, fuck them. Uh, that, that's fair. Uh, Will Howard, I think, was a good addition for them. I I still don't trust Ryan Day to win a big game. No. Watch, Ryan Day's going to become Alabama's next coach. I'm going to fucking cry. Oh, yeah, that would be rough. Uh, but, no, the rest, I mean, yeah, like you mentioned, Oregon, Bo Nix leaving is a big loss. Dylan Gabriel, I think he's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has the experience, so I think that'll help. And then one and two, both returning their quarterbacks, I think is a big plus. Uh, Trevor Etienne going to Georgia will help out their run game a bit. And yeah, I kind of surprised Arch Manning didn't announce he's transferring, by the way, with uh, the, why the fuck can't, Quinn Ewers, I almost forgot his name, with Quinn Ewers coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, number six, Michigan, number seven, Ole Miss. Number eight, Mizzou. Number nine, Arizona. And number 10, Notre Dame. I understand they lost their starting quarterback and their starting running back for the last two years or last couple of years. I feel like Michigan at six is kind of just spitting in the face, being behind Ohio State, because who also lost their quarterback. Yeah, but I think, well... Yes, I understand that, but I think that the bigger losses for the Wolverines are is, is essentially their entire starting line. Yeah, and that's true. Like you can, you can. I, this this sounds awful. You can replace a quarterback with relative success, but you're losing an entire offensive line that have played together for two, three years, that have great chemistry together, know how to pick up uh, protections when you know how how it's the little in intricacies that 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 time together uh helps you pick up and make you a great offensive unit and i think losing not only your quarterback and your running back but pretty much your entire offensive line bar one is a is a big loss so michigan at six i kind of understand that you have swayed me i agree that that makes sense i wasn't considering that as well uh, sorry if you had more points. I wasn't trying to cut you off. No, 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 no. It, it that was pretty much the end of it. But like, it's okay. it, it's the things that are unseen that make the difference between a good team and a great team. Because, and this is the weirdest thing, but it from my time playing rugby, I we at um, the high school level, we we were really really good at. Uh, knowing exactly how far each person stood from each other. So we didn't, we could wait our passes perfectly. I could, I could throw it and I would expect, uh, I don't know if you remember, you know, Dave, I would expect him to be right there. I don't need to look and see that he's there. It's, it's those tiny, tiny things that each person picks up on that makes a great team. So. That's fair. Uh, in the rest, I mean, it's good to see Mizzou and Arizona up here in top 10. Yeah, that's fun. Love to see it. And Notre Dame, uh, knock them down four or five yep. spots because they're always At least. Uh, next up, the Washington Huskies at 11, Penn State at 12, right in their sweet spot. The Utah Utes at 13, LSU Tigers at 14, the Oklahoma Sooners at 15. I have one thing that is, is and should be huge concern. LSU at 14, they do not have a defense. And I don't see their defense getting exponentially better <laughs> this year. Uh, other than that, though, uh, no real issues. Like I said, Penn State's right in their sweet spot. Yeah, I feel like fine. Utah always finishes around here. And Oklahoma at 15, fine. Uh, curious how SEC play will treat them. But any thoughts? No, no, they're, they're all, uh, I think, 11 through 15 is perfectly placed. No issues. That's good. Uh, 16, Florida State. 17, Tennessee. Uh, 18, Oklahoma State Cowboys. 19, Clemson. And 20, NC State. Um, Tennessee doesn't really have a quarterback. 
They have Nico Amaliva, which he's probably destined for the transfer portal with that name. <laughs> God, that took me way too long to get. <laughs> and and then Florida State, I mean, you saw they did without Jordan Travis down the stretch, even with Jordan Travis against North Alabama. Uh, they got blown out. Uh, I don't know. They might they might just be gone. I, I don't see them returning. DJ Uyunglele is a fine quarterback. I don't think he's good enough to lead them to super successful season. So maybe 16 is about fair. Uh, and the rest, I think, is fine. I want Clemson on rank because fuck Dabo. But... Yeah, I'm Thoughts, comments, concerns? The, the Wolfpack at 20. I mean, like, they're good. I just I just like watching them play. It's like that weird, like, um, team that you support, but you don't, like, root for, to, if that makes sense. Like, you, you're, you're happy when they're doing well, but overall, you, it's not impacting your morale on any given Saturday. You're like, if yeah. they lose, they lose, but, like, they're just fun to watch. That's fair. Uh, also, Grayson McCall going to NC State will be a huge boost to them. True. And uh, moving on, this is really just kind of a lot of little brothers at this point. But 21, Kansas State. Uh, losing Will Howard's going to suck for them. 22, Louisville Cardinals. 23, the Kansas Jayhawks. 24, the SMU Mustangs, the Pony Express. Woo. And then... 25. They're down a Ferenc, but they're still ranked the Iowa Hawkeyes. Here's the thing about this, this particular one. I couldn't agree more with the ranking. They are perfectly poised because, you know, at a 10 and four season granted, but they, you know, they put up almost no offense whatsoever, but it, anybody, Literally anybody they bring in. By the way, Kevin, how's your application going? Uh, I haven't heard back. I, I don't think they're going <laughs> to... I don't think I'm going to hear back. I'm kind of okay. disappointed. I'm just assuming I didn't get the job. Although I did tell my boss, I was like, I don't know if I mentioned this, but we were at our office Christmas party like a couple days after I applied. And so I'm like, oh, hey, Joe, by the way, I applied for the Iowa offensive coordinator job. If I get it, I'm not giving you notice. I'm just... I'm not. <laughs> Phenomenal. And he's like, that's fine. Just give me tickets. So you really want to watch that's, Iowa football? Okay. That's great. Um, but I mean, like in their last two games, 26 and 0 to Michigan in the big 10 championship and 35 to nothing for Tennessee in the cheesy bowl. Like it, literally anybody would do better. So and Matt, if they get an offense, that's terrifying. If, if they get an offense, I would not at all be surprised to see them fighting for a CFB. I, I oh as as ridiculous as that sounds from the years that they have been the best of the West in the Big Ten, I would not at all be surprised. No, I think they will if their offense is even marginally improved, I think they'll be in. Yeah. 100%. Uh but so yeah, there you have it. The way too early 2024, top twenty-five. Uh this episode Karen, anything else? Uh, no, that's that's really it. All right. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Yeats. Head to yeatsofficial.com. Promo code tailgate for 10% off your order. Everyone have a good, safe, fun weekend. Uh, I'm going to go get absolutely hammered and pass out. So everyone have a good, safe, fun weekend. Don't die. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's up for debate. <laughs> Yeah, if you're an Alabama fan, if you're an Alabama fan, yeah, you have special still, special recompense this weekend to do whatever. Still, you don't want. die. Yes, uh, we we obviously this week we made a lot of jokes about my own mental sanity at this point. However, if you are legitimately going through something, please reach out to someone. There are people who care about you. If you are in mental health health crisis, please reach out to the Suicide and Mental Health Crisis Hotline nine eight eight. You can text them. You can call them. If you Google the number, you can even chat with them on your internet browser. So please, if you are legitimately going through something, reach out, seek help. We love you. Have a good weekend. So they wanted a stable presence, a guy without a lot of scandals. So they hired someone who killed Steve. Yeah. LSU way. Just going to put that out there just so uh, we don't get sued. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, thank you for that. I'm not sure whether I should be offended or taken as a compliment, but, but you know, go on. 
put them both in a jousting tournament. It, none of it matters. Texas A&M's going to go 8-4 this year. Half those kids are going to transfer. Are you sure? Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here.